1: I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct.
2: What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers took a commanding 3 1 lead on an incredible night of basketball, overtime game against the Memphis Grizzlies, who threw a hell of a punch. Desmond Bain had a 36 point night. Jaron Jackson Jr. was blocking everything around the rim. They were defending very well. But the Lakers had just enough, led by LeBron James with a 2020 game in his 20th season. Unbelievable. Austin Reeves leads the Lakers in scoring with 23. D'Angelo Russell hits three very timely three pointers to get the Lakers back into it. Anthony Davis did not have a good night on the offensive end, but his presence was very much known defensively. And Darius, this is one of those. Playoff classics, right? The crowd was unbelievable and I thought carried the day, you know, toward the end of that game. But as has been the case uh, throughout much of this season, it was a roller coaster on the way there, man. So what are your lasting impressions from from tonight? Just so many things. like Immediate impressions. Yeah. We're recording this
3: way past midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, LeBron, who knows how many of these he has left in him and i thought from the at the start of the game and mike i'm i'm super interested to hear how this looked like in person but at the start of the game i thought lebron had an energy and a bounce to him that reflected the stakes of this game So game fours are like every playoff game is like a critical game and people used to make fun of me because I'd say like, oh, Lakers are playing in a critical game two or here comes a pivotal game three or this is a crucial game four and all of these games are super important, right? But I had a stat in um, the three things right up that I did for Lakers.com for the preview where basically... A series is tied to two. It's actually coming into this year's playoffs. This it's it's a 50 50 proposition of of who's going going to win. But a team in the Lakers position where they start on the road, they're the lower seeded team and they start on the road. They win game one. They lose game two. They win game game three. If they lose game four and it goes back to two two, that team is six and 16. Right. Go. So they lose the series. Like, right,
2: the team with the better seed is gonna seize control, they, and in most cases, there's it's usually because there's a talent differential that is not quite there. In that way, you know, with us as the seven seed this time, but yeah, the, that it would be a huge momentum swing in the series.
3: Yeah, well, with two home games too, right? So whatever exactly. talent differential exists, like the potential to play two, will two games at home is super important. But the team that goes up three one, those teams are. 258 and 13. Right. And since 1984, those teams are 72 and three in the first round. Right. And so to me, Mike, I thought LeBron's early game energy and just the bounce and the the level that he was trying to play to on both sides of the ball, like it was an indication to me that whether or not he knew these stats or not is almost irrelevant. He knows when it, when you can put a game, when you can put a team away before you actually put them away and close out the series, this is the game to do that. And going up three, one, that's a, that's just so important. And, and to me, my first impressions for, for this game are the same as my lasting impressions, which was LeBron did what was needed in order to win this game, both at the beginning and then down the stretch, Mike?
4: Oh, man. Well, hello,
2: fellas. Um, I, How you feeling, Mike? That, that must have been a, a wild uh, vibe in the room.
4: Well, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys on the pod, at least right after the last game either. And so it's the first time that we're chatting since I was at these two Laker home games. And boy, uh, did the Laker crowd bring it. Mm-hmm. And this is what, so we had talked about this and this is like my whole theory, right? i coming from Minnesota and blah, blah, and Lakers playoff crowds. And, and, you know, for, for them to meet the moment like this and give the Lakers a boost that they very much needed, like Memphis, Memphis is an excellent team, but specifically against this Laker group where it's LeBron and AD on the older side. And of course, mostly LeBron, but like even AD having been through some things Memphis has so many young tough athletic mm. just wide physically strong players and that you could tell the impact that that had especially in game two uh, and in game four as well and to have to have the boost uh, of that of the energy in the building uh, I think was just so important and it, it also just goes to show you like why over the course of, of a playoff stretch and we'll see what happens to the Lakers but that's where home court advantage does make such a difference, and why even at three one, you know, it's not like the series is just over. Nope. But I've like so, so to to get to hit on one point, I know we're going to bounce around a lot. When Memphis went up seven, uh, when Bain hit that three, there was about I want to say th- five thirteen to go in the fourth quarter. That was the point where Russell uh, right got got the three straight threes, but that to me, like if the Lakers don't get those Russell threes. And then eventually if LeBron doesn't do all the things that he did and the 2020, the two ridiculous finishes through traffic that he somehow found the legs for one to force overtime on the right side of the, of the paint one to, uh, to essentially seal the game on the left side of the paint that I think that the Lakers are in a tough spot in terms of even winning the series. If they don't win tonight's game, mm-hmm. just, just based on the physicality that it takes to get through Memphis, For 48 minutes um, given especially where lebron's at in his career so just so momentous that they found a way to get it done when there were moments where it looked great when they were up 15 with a couple minutes left in the second quarter and then they had that just collapse and then to be down seven with five minutes left battle all the way back uh get to ot and and to have the guys with all of that in consideration with the legs and how memphis was just going to keep coming Um, They just they just found a way to get it done. And I, I am curious, because in the inside the building itself, and with everything that's going on in there, this is when I look forward to hearing what you guys saw um, on the screen, you know, in just like what happened basketball wise, because emotionally that that was a whole nother thing, but basketball wise like how did they find a way to get it done fellas i
2: I just love the framing in the first place of finding a way to get it done because i think it accurately scribe describes the team but even lebron's individual performance right like the easiest way to get it done normally is to be way more athletic and way more talented than the player across from you and he does not quite have those superpowers to the same degree anymore but he found a way to get it done it's one of the reasons why my favorite Kobe game is the game 7 in the finals in 2010 is you, you got to find a way that's one of the beautiful things about basketball is that you can win in a bunch of different ways, just like life, right? Like there are a bunch of routes that you can take. And LeBron, really what was reliable about the team was their defense. And I think this is gonna be, we're seeing more and more of the team's identity with this new group coalesce as being this team whose defense is what they can really rely on. And then our half courted offense is a little bit of an an adventure, even though we have a couple of superstars, our superstars can, have some difficulty creating good offense uh, against a set defense these days. And so that's part of the reason why in two of our three wins, neither LeBron nor AD were the leading scorer. So it's this is a different version of the team that we're just kind of starting to see them come together. But for me, Darius, it does go back to LeBron. It was the reverse of the couple other games where it was like, oh, the AD groups are playing great, but when AD's off the floor, they're not playing well. No, we won those minutes in this game. Shout out to Troy Brown Jr. for some really good minutes. Dennis had a really good two-way game, I thought, uh, other than uh, some turnovers down the stretch. But it was really – Led by LeBron There was a, a gang rebounding From that group That LeBron's just Liveliness uh, And it was the best I've seen his legs look Since he's been back From injury uh, In Just in terms of athletically So th- that was something D that he, he really catalyzed A lot of that And just the multiplicity Of his game Where he can just Touch all these different Areas of basketball And find which one On that particular night Can exploit the defense Can really give his team An advantage and I, I thought he did that the, in the whole Justin Tinsley, you know, uh, 2 1 1 theory, right? Yeah. This was a superstar performance from LeBron, even if the box score and points don't really show it to
3: that degree. No, but I mean, 20 points and 20 rebounds, um, he was stuck on 15 rebounds for a long time, and there was a mm-hmm. stretch in, in seven assists, one turnover, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, 20 points, 20 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, only the eighth player ever to reach those thresholds, Dave player ever. Every other single one of those guys too was basically a center, right? So, it's it's like the list is Kareem and Patrick Ewing and Bill Walton and Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, Olajuwon, yeah. Right? This like so LeBron with a 2020 and just to me it was the driving Pete it it was it was the put your head down and go get a basket. Mm-hmm. It's LeBron doesn't do that as much anymore. But his signature plays this season have almost all been like when I need a bucket I'm mm-hmm. going to still go to this thing and he actually tried at the end of regulation the possession before right and he got blocked and that led to the run out by jaw and then the great behind the back pass mm-hmm. for Memphis to go up two, And LeBron had one more chance and they put Tillman on him. And well, Mike, please Darius, pause. pause you real, so I so I sat down and
4: I put the inside. I put the uh, the game on behind me. And so I just watched the sequence. And so Rui, it was Rui yeah. that got packed. Oh, in that that's Ridiculous right. block by JJJ. <laughs> And then, you know, they get in transition, but the the difficulty of the LeBron, and, and I'll let you get back to describing it, but the angle that he used, how high he went off the glass and he described it in the post game. He, he's literally, he took us through, he's like, there's three awesome. levels to where you can finish and Coach Pete's probably said, oh, he's it's great. Like yeah, salivating. And yeah. <laughs> uh, just, he's describing the angle and the low and the middle and the high. And I just don't know, I, I was about, you know, 15 feet away from that, from the rim on that play, and the difficulty of it, the stakes of it. jJJ not even pretending to guard a d just came over like it that play alone, um, you know, may elongate this season. um if he doesn't make it, mm. they lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, period. and and so back back to you,
3: no, Mike, just that idea though of like he didn't do it off of a triple threat because he caught the ball too too high. like he was right near half court when he caught the ball and Tillman was not pressed up on him, but it was, it was very similar to oh, what, what game was, was this, what well, was it? The playing game. I think it was the playing game where he drove and it was the shot that he, where he passed to, to Dennis. Dennis.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were pressing up on right. him and they had cleared out a side on that one. This was more of a yes, middle ball
3: screen type of thing. It was, but the way that, um, just the way that he was able to get downhill and get his shoulder by. Yeah. Right. And he got all the way by. Because if Tillman's actually on his shoulder there, like LeBron doesn't make that layup. Mm-hmm. Like he like he had to feel no one on him in order to fully extend the way that he did and catch the angle in in order to finish over. Triple J's contest, but it wasn't just that drive. The drive against Brooks was like well, you know, one, one
4: other interjection. If did you guys think for even a second that the full court heave after no. AD blocked it? Cause I, I didn't, cause I was like, he, he blocked the ball and so clearly the clock was going to drive up. But I just went, when you were watching, was there even a, a heartbeat of a second where you're like, so, no way he did not win no, the game it, on a...
2: It was long enough afterward to where I wasn't like, oh, but yes. But it was like, oh, we're winning this freaking game, right? Like, it, like LeBron's so locked in, and he made a move uh, in overtime on, because they switched Brooks off of him for a little bit, which I was very they amused did. by, to put Jackson, or to put Tillman on him, right? And then he had had a switch on onto Jackson, and he got by Jaron Jackson Jr., and like kind of yes. dipped his shoulder on a drive, and like cut yep. it, the angle off, and like got all all the way to the rack and like that he hasn't been doing that you know like this was him tapping into that level of lebron again which was like oh if he can do this man we're really in business
3: no that was the other play that i was going to point point out pete like the brooks play in in ot that got the lead back up to five and the end of regulation play Those were the plays that are like the wow plays Mm -hmm. and they'll go on like they talk about like the Oscar reel, like when you're an actor and like this goes on the Oscar reel. Well, on the highlight reel, like LeBron's got too many of these, but these are one of the ones that if we're drawing from late career LeBron, like these will go on that list in the same way that they'll always show that Kobe dunk in Brooklyn over the Nets, like where he split Split Gerald Wallace And got that dunk. Those are late career plays where you just remember them because like – and those drives were it. But it was the drive against yeah. Jackson where triple threat LeBron, man, where he is able to sort of like rip through and get right and just sort of like – he took a really long – like a really long step, like Lamar Odom style. Like, you remember how L.O. would like rip through and then he'd take that long step and then suddenly you're like, oh, he... He ruined the angle with that. He's by him, right? Yes, it's... So I thought it was all of those drives that were the ones where I'm just like, oh, like, he wants this game. He just wants it. And you were talking to me about how you were watching, well, the Spectrum feed, but I was on the TNT feed. And I can't remember who told the story, but they were talking about how, like, LeBron, and this speaks to Mike's point about, like, galvanizing the team, that LeBron had spoken to the team. Like, a story was told, I think it was by um, Tristan Thompson, told this story about how LeBron told the team before going to Memphis that he wanted to win both games there. Like, we're not going there for a split, we're going there to get two. Right. And so after after they lost game two, Thompson was explaining that like the guys felt like they had like let LeBron down and they were sort of like disappointed in the idea that they couldn't fulfill that win. So when they were coming back to L.A., LeBron's like, well, we're going to get two here, basically. And it sort of like re-energized the guys to make them feel like, oh, like, we didn't let him down. Like we're right there with him now. And and so that idea, this was that game. And so LeBron was great, but this was one of those games, man, where everybody, I thought so many guys stepped up and did so many little things to help win this game. So let's go to break here. And then when we come back on the other side, we'll uh, get into a little bit of the rest of the game.
4: So when we talked after the game in game, uh, game two and, you know, I think that there are a lot of people watching that game and less so Laker fans that have watched the scene the whole year. But I, I think just the, Oh, they didn't bring it in game two. And, and I was kind of very quick, at least in our thread to be like, that's not exactly what happened. You know, these in, in LeBron, as I told you guys in the text thread, LeBron started right away when he got into the locker room and I was in there he's talking to Austin, he's talking to some of the guys who so like, Guys, this is what happens in the postseason. They they come out, they you give them credit, they they dealt a big ass um, power blow and but like we got stuff for them. We're going back to LA, you know, so th- it was a very controlled serious message and then, you know, I thought for the most part they played like that um, in these two home games. And and there were I think like when it's not just LeBron, but he of course is the leader of this and sometimes we wonder you know, why can't this team? And this is, this is, I think that this is the irrational part of fandom. Why can't they just keep the foot (laughs) on the pedal? Why can't they play hard for 48 minutes? It's the postseason. What are they doing? Why are these guys and and when you're there? And especially when you're just observing LeBron and what he has to do in year 20, again, no one has ever been close to as productive as he has been in year 20, literally in the the entire NBA ever. Uh, It is completely unprecedented what he's asking his body at age 38 to do. And because of that, I think because guys are so willing to take his cue, and uh, in, in how could you not? He's LeBron James. Sometimes he has to rest in on the court, in the game. He can't get out to a closeout. He can't drive to the rim five times. He has to slow the ball down and take jumpers. And it's so important to me that I think that his teammates – try not to let that get into their body, but it's a—it's human nature to do so. And so I think as people watching it, you just have to sort of understand that that's part of what you get in your 20. And guys, we talked about this before the yep. season. Pete, that yep. was a whole big thing with us. Like what does LeBron, and you and I, you know, as usual, like not really disagreeing, but just sort of trying to come yep. in the middle and Darius claiming Switzerland and, and just like, what what can you rationally expect from him? And not that it's only about that, but I thought that like this game you know, instead he he just he found so many different ways. and And now, to actually get to Darius's tease into that, the guy that it started with in this game was Jared Vanderbilt. Now he ends up with a rough plus minus in this, but his he had the first seven points of a game. Um and then he wasn't heard from a ton as the game went on. Austin Reeves, I thought almost all of his buckets were mm-hmm. big and came at key times and came when times when the offense was stagnant. Uh, Russell, who struggled early, we mentioned the back-to-back-to-back threes. Uh, Dennis, despite some, the turnovers late in the game and in overtime, or actually, I guess two of them were in overtime, were rough, but he gave a different yes. kind of lift than he yes. had given before that. Troy Brown, I thought, played his best game by far. You know, he essentially replaced Beasley in the mint, which is the thing that we've been asking for, but maybe it'd be Wenyan. And so I basically just went through the roster without talking about AD. Who really struggled up until the point where he got a couple things to go late, and he did his—he played his typical defense for the most part. So it was a like everybody finding some way to contribute something. And in, in, uh, Rui really rough shooting night, but he does hit a big three. Um, so that I just kind of ran down the list, Pete, uh, in in order for for you to pick one out because it's hard for me to just pick one. Um, out of all of the the various contributions that they had to support LeBron.
2: Well, I think that's the story right there, is that we have a really fun, diversified, skilled team to root for that does a a few different things. And not everybody has to be perfect on every play in order for them to get the result that they need. One of the Super interesting storylines about this series, even going forward, even with the 3-1 lead and why I I don't believe it's over is the idea of sustainment is Memphis at, at their age and their style of player, just the roster that they have, they're always going to be at a certain level of intensity and just force that they play with. And what you were saying earlier, Mike, and we've waxed poetic about it being year 20 and this being unprecedented production, but you know who doesn't care about that are the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to continue to Come at you and come at you and come at you. And that's one of the things, really, over the last couple of years, has been our stars in particular, their ability to sustain from possession to possession to possession uh, to the same degree that the opponents often can. And that's kind of the ebb and flow that we saw in this game, Dee. But I think that all of the individual. Parts that Mike uh, that Mike listed earlier, the, all of the individual players and their contributions, and all of these little different ways. Rui had a huge rebound, defensive rebound uh, down the stretch of that game that secured a possession. That I think that's part of just what this team is, right? Is that they're able to contribute in a bunch of different ways, and not everybody has to be have an awesome shooting night to to get a win.
3: Well, I thought that was especially true with their closing lineup, mm-hmm. the closing lineup of. LeBron, AD, Rui, Dennison, Austin, they played 10 minutes. They played all of overtime together. They were a plus nine in 10 minutes, and they had a defensive rating of 70 over that 10 minutes. Like To me, when you talked earlier, Pete, about the identity of the team starting to coalesce and them being way more of a defensive team, I think that that's spot on. And a guy I'd love to highlight here is actually Dennis Schroeder. Austin can still be challenged defensively in ways. Like I thought Bain was really picking on Austin a fair amount. They were running him off of stagger screens and curls and wide pin downs. And then Bain was getting downhill and then shooting pull-up jumpers. He was creating a little bit against Austin, using his strength to to bump him off mm-hmm. a little bit. And Austin had a very difficult, um, Defensive job, but Austin had to guard Bain because Dennis had to guard Ja And I thought Dennis did an excellent job on Jaw Morant. Mm-hmm. Jaw had 19 points, but he went eight for 24 from the field. Dennis did a hell of a job of getting over screens, trying f- fighting his ass off man to like get to jaw's left hand to try to make him to drive right which is like almost impossible to do to jaw moran he is so quick he is so cat like in how he gets just by you and and just so explosive but Dennis was matching him, man, and, and and he was mirroring him the best way that you possibly can. And I just thought, Mike, that that Dennis's defense set a tone for this team at the point of attack in a very similar way to what AD was trying to set a tone for the team in the restricted area.
4: Darius, did you catch Dennis's plus minus in I this didn't, one? I didn't. What was it? Take it. Take it. Actually, I'm not going to put I, I hate when people do that to me. Plus 24. Oh, 24. Plus 24. Mm. And I'm glad that you focused on him and the defense because the Lakers won this game. We, we, of course, we start with LeBron, but they won this game because they are a great defense right now. They are. They're, it's a great defensive team right now. Mm-hmm. Like they, they held Memphis at 39%. And this was a Memphis team that they weren't just settling for stuff. No. They were crashing into the paint they were driving the hell out of the ball, kicking out and making the Lakers make an extra rotation. I mean, it was, they, there weren't possessions where the Lakers got to chill Mm -hmm. on defense. And so this is part of where I get to my whole thing about shooting and guys that can just shoot. And why is that guy missing shots? It's like, well, maybe you think his legs are dead because he's working his ass off on defense Mm -hmm. versus the guy that doesn't do that. And then goes, so all of this stuff is, is, uh, is true as, as always, but you know, and like Anthony Davis was terrible on offense for a lot of the game. He wasn't, he was getting pushed off spots. He had no touch. He couldn't, but he is the reason why the defense is special. And, you know, it's not the four blocks and the two steals. It seems like he's getting at least that every night now. Um, but he, and, I, and by the way, I thought he's, he's, this wasn't his best game of the series defensively, but he is the reason that they're able to play the way that they're going to play. And he's part of the reason that Dennis is able to play like that. And I'm just, I'm glad that instead of kind of going down and we we do tend to look at the offensive uh, box score, because those are the things that are more on the actual box score. Uh, But it's just another reminder, you know, not only was Ja eight for 24, but the game plan worked like the Lakers wanted Ja to be aggressive for his own shot. They wanted him to take threes again because the law of averages had to come around. He made his first one, and then he missed five straight. So it's it, Brooks was one for seven from three. Triple J was f- over oh four. And did, I thought Bain had some good looks that he missed late, probably mm-hmm. because he was battling his ass off, yep. including fighting Anthony Davis. Um, he was part of the reason why AD was struggling. But that's just, uh, I, I wanted to make sure we hit, we hit on, like, why the Lakers are up 3-1 um, against maybe the worst matchup for them in terms of, all that stuff with LeBron and energy and age and, and mm-hmm. the team's going to keep coming at you. Uh, but they, the defense that they played is the reason why they're where they're at.
2: Yeah. They, they played 5 postseason games now, including the play-in and there have been multiple stretches where their defense was oppressive, right? It wasn't just, oh, they're good. It was, these guys can't score. They can't get a good look. They're obviously hearing footsteps when they go into the paint, they're rushing everything that they do, and they're looking demoralized. In the the second quarter, before the Lakers kind of let go of the rope, there were just stretches where it was like, man, and this is a pretty good team. Now, Memphis is not that great on the offensive end, nor is Minnesota, who we played in the play in, but that to me is one of those things that it's happened often enough to where I'm like, oh man, that is, that means a lot. And it starts with AD, but it also has that sort of that sort of a, a cumulative effect where it's well, Jared Vanderbilt is the second best defender on the court, and then Dennis Schroeder is a, your point of attack defender, and maybe the worst defender that you have on the court is Austin Reeves, who's still a pretty good defender. All of a sudden, you have a group, right? And and so it's just it starts with AD. For sure, but especially you know, if, if Beasley's not getting minutes like as he didn't in the second half, really, Delo's the only guy that's not much of a defender, and he at least knows where to be and kind of fits into the bigger overall picture. D, but they've
3: got we've got a lot of serious defenders on this roster. Well, even Delo had a really good possession on the sideline against John, John Morant on, on that left wing where he got because the Lakers are cross matching a fair amount, and so is Memphis, yeah. and so it's hard to get back to your original matchup a bunch of times. And so there's D'Lo pressing up against Ja, Mike, and, and sort of like taking away the angle and then stepping up and then con- giving a good back contest where he shoots shoots a three. It's just like, okay, well, even you're going to battle some in these instances because that's really in the DNA of the team.
4: So as you're saying that, you're, you're also kind of perfectly describing the differences in the late in OT in the final minute. And that's again, as, as I'm watching, that's syncing with uh, with what you were saying. So
2: I love that you're watching this as we're recording this pod. It, it it works well. So
4: there's the there's the play, and so the Lakers go up three on Ad's tip in of Austin's miss on the drive. Which, by the way, it was a great drive. Austin had so many times where he he's the guy, the only guy that can like break down this Memphis defense off the dribble, and and so big shout out to him. But so Dennis sticks with Jaw. After that play, and just stays in front, like contains, forces Ja to take a really tough, just a bit too far out for a for a floater, and misses. uh, Austin ends up with a loose ball after he gets tipped out, and then Darius, you're talking about pressing up on a guy, Dylan Brooks, for reasons that I'm not aware of, (laughs) decides to press right up on LeBron. And guys, what happens? LeBron, there's something that since he was a rookie in the league. If he gets his shoulder around you, bye-bye. That's it. Yep. He, that's all he has to do. So if Dylan Brooks would have just backed off, like LeBron's going to essentially take a step back three probably because Jackson is waiting there, but instead because Brooks just whatever, thinks he's the guy and he gets right in LeBron's face at uh, like just in front of midcourt,
0: 34
4: yep. seconds on the clock. So LeBron does the swing through right to left, Keeps Brooks at bay. Tillman comes over to help and he switches to his right hand and finishes off glass. And that's a ball game. And so Dylan Brooks, I, I don't want to use the line because you sent it to me from Shaq first. But what did, what did Shaq say on, on the post postgame?
2: Just something along the lines of if, if a guy doesn't earn your respect until he gives you 40. Well, 20 and 20 adds up to 40. He gave you a 20 and 20 night. So he, he gave you 40. Just a
3: just such a game. Guys, like this Man, was one of this. those. This is
2: great. Oh, did you hear LeBron talking about what Austin said to him in the locker room? No. About like, Austin was like, this is the greatest no. moment of my life, right? <laughs> like, basketball wise. Yeah. And and LeBron, who's, you know, the viejo who's been through all of the wars, right? LeBron was just delighting. Like, I got to be part of that moment. And I think that probably yeah. invigorates him a bit too, right? That, of course, this is the biggest basketball moment of Austin's life.
3: Well, also, too, it's this Mike. Like younger players, younger teammates, like in the same way that like younger siblings or younger cousins or when you're in this environment where you're just around like a group of guys that where you're sort of the elder statesman of the group, but you're obviously still great at what you do as well. It's sort of like, so you bring your own experience to that group and they appreciate you for that. But what often doesn't get said is how those younger guys sort of give you life as well. And LeBron would not be pushing as hard as he's pushing right now if he didn't think he had a chance with this group. And Austin is one of those guys that I think is is like – as much as it's AD, as much as it's like, oh, the trade and Vando and Rui, it's like, to me, it's the undrafted kid in his second season who LeBron clearly has an affinity for. Every single time he talks about Austin, it's this idea that's just like, I know what works with me as a player, and I saw that in this kid from like one of our first practices together, like you just know, you can see that he gets it. And and so there's a part of that too, where it's just like, yeah, of course, it's not just that Austin is sort of rejoicing in his basketball nerddom and, and this idea of like, well, this is all I've ever wanted to do. And now I get to do it. And that's the best thing in the world. It's also like LeBron sort of being like, like, oh man, look at this kid he's got something and because of him and all of these other guys too like we got a shot in this and that to me mike is what drives lebron as well to sort of like rip through and go hard at dylan brooks left hand and put him in the sidecar and then hit that floater off of the glass it's like those moments too where he knows that he has he's got a group here that he could potentially do something with
4: this is getting into the sports as a metaphor for life stage of the conversation. Uh, So Pete, like, who was your favorite band in the nineties? You know, when you were, when you were like a teenager, Oh, I had
2: a few of them, uh, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains.
4: So here, so so Soundgarden. So, Uh so you're, so you're, you're watching Soundgarden, right? And let's say it's on, it's on like a live concert or something. Mm -hmm. And, and then fast forward 10 years later, Soundgarden's still rocking. And you end up, they need a new uh, a new piano player. <laughs> oh right? my god! And, yeah, but this but yeah. this is this is literally what's what happened with Austin Reeves, yeah. dude. He's yeah. watching LeBron in the postseason in 2010 <sighs> or whatever, and he's yes. just dreaming. He's in Arkansas. He's now he's look, he's a stud athlete, but he doesn't know what you know. It's not like he's this hot recruit. Yes, he won a couple state titles. Um, it, he so he he's and all of a sudden now he's put into this situation, and he's out there. He's on the court. And he's making key play after key play. Uh, the one, the one that comes stands to mind is the drive that he actually finishes like just before um, in the final minute of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then he, I already mentioned the other drive and, the, and, and like that kind of thing where he's just, it's like it's this balance of all right, while the play is going, focus basketball, and then the second that there's a timeout or whatever, it's just how does how is this happening right <laughs> now? How is this my life? that I'm the one next to LeBron is if, you know, Pete's up on stage with Soundgarden um, playing his favorite song and the crowd is cheering. You know, it's a it's a those are beautiful type of moments. And I think why we can connect over sports like that, because we can all think about what a dream was like and see a guy that's fulfilling it. and, And that might be different from LeBron, who's just sort of like he's been that guy since he was six. And he knew he was going to be great and he is
2: there are a lot of beautiful stories on this team of which austin is one uh, but dennis fighting through what he's fought through in his career to get to where he is today Rui's story right like there are so many elements of this that you could zero in on and and be like man can you believe this season can you believe that we're here but here we are with a 3-1 lead, it's certainly not over. This is a young Memphis team that's going to give the Lakers everything they got until the fourth game is won. And the Lakers, we'll see if they've got the ability to sustain. But a huge win, uh, a huge team win, but certainly led by LeBron James tonight. A ton of fun. We'll be back tomorrow to preview game five, get into a few more topics about the series. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time.
1: Danger's got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic, Worthy dies on his belly, Magic scores.
3: And Magic, got it. Magic fires, it's in! and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, That next to the winner. It. It's on the way, down! Tony Bryant, 48 points, 16
1: rebounds, back with There's the it's move. Scored. Two, it's one, missing. One, three. It's
0: over. And shot popping out of five. Bryant. Yeah. And that was a little tap to
1: Albert Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic.